0: uh seem you know it's kind of like Christmas. The uh, Christmas rolls around about every two or three months now, so here we are again at Father's Day, and uh, you know it's it's uh it's amazing how we treat Father's Day when you think about it. We have Mother's Day, and uh, they get a little sermon. Uh, You know, to sweeten them up and make them feel good and everything. And then when Father's Day comes around, you hear a sermon to make all the fathers feel like the biggest failure (laughs) in the world. And I'm not going to do that today. I want to talk about the most wonderful father of them all. And that's him. That's the Lord. I thank God for all of you fathers. And, I, and I'm not going to preach to tell you how you failed. I know that we all, all of us, could do better. Uh, fathers and mothers. In fact, no matter what you do, no matter how good you are at doing it, you could still do better than, than you are. But uh, Jesus... Called God my father. He also uh, called him our father. And then it gets even better than that. It just keeps getting gooder and gooder. He called him your father. Your father. And I want to examine about three verses of Scripture today and Help you rejoice in your relationship to God the Father. And I'm taking it from uh, Luke, the 12th chapter. And uh, I know I should read more, but I'm going to start in verse 29 and read through verse 32. And seek not ye what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. And your, look at that, your Father knoweth that ye have needs of these things. But rather, seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So I want to I want to jump back and forth on those uh, three or four verses there to uh, talk about God the Father, the greatest Father of them all, and I do want you to rejoice in your relationship uh, to God. I'm I'm grateful for. All of you fathers, I'm grateful for my own father. Uh, the time that he was raising his family, you know, things were not <clears throat> as they wasn't like they are now. In a lot of ways, today is easier, but it's a whole lot harder to be a father today, like they were, than it was back then, because you have so many. Uh, working against you. Uh, you know, the, even the, uh, we talked about in Sunday school, the state working against the parents. God says, bring up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And the state says, don't you touch that little precious thing. But then when they get older and they go to prison, then the state says, where were their parents? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, in verse 30 and 32, we just read it and I emphasized it that Jesus calls God your Father. And I, I don't know about you, but I like that. I like the idea that God is my Father. I had a great earthly Father, but I have a heavenly Father. And He's mine. He's my personal father. You know, it's like David said, the Lord is my shepherd. He didn't say, the Lord is a shepherd, or the Lord is the shepherd, but he said, he's my shepherd. He's my leader. And here Jesus says, God is your father. So it's a personal relationship. When a person comes to a saving faith in the Lord, he is born again. And when he's born again, at that moment he's brought into a personal relationship with God the Father, and with the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me include all the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. Uh, You were adopted into the family of God. Romans 8.15 says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That word Abba, translated into English, means Daddy. Daddy. Now the Jews were always careful to address God as Jehovah. You know, they would come to Him and pray to Jehovah. No matter what their needs were, Jehovah, Jireh, and Jehovah, uh, a whole bunch of other things. And so when Jesus came on the scene, He didn't address Him as Jehovah. He addressed Him as Father. And that was strange to them. And some of them, you know, they didn't like that. It angered some of them that He would call God a Father. But you and I today call Him Father. He is your Father. He is our Father, if you know Him as your Savior. Now, I'm not up here preaching that God is the Father of all, because He's not. If you're not saved, He's not your Father. The Bible says, He came unto His own, and His own received Him not, but to as many as received him, to them, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Amen. Now, if you've got to become the Son of God, that means that you were not the Son of God before you became the Son of God. Now, was that confusing? <laughs> When I was lost, I was not a son of God. Even though I was, you know, we're all created by God, but we were separated from God. In fact, the Bible teaches us that the lost sinner is the enemy of God. We were enemies. We were uh, a slave to the world and to the flesh and the devil. We were lost and condemned. To an eternity in hell. John three eighteen says, uh, "Whosoever believeth in him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. He's not waiting to be condemned; he's already condemned." That was the shape that I was in when I was lost. That was the shape that you were in when you were lost. You were an enemy of his, and you were you were condemned to an eternity. Uh, in hell. But then that same Savior. No same sinner. Can become a child of God. Amen. That's amazing. We, we can call God Father or Abba. Daddy. Uh, you, do you ever think about what you were. Before God saved you. You ever think about what you were before God ever adopted you into His family? We were, as I said, we were enemies. Enemies of God. We were lost. We were condemned. But then when He found us and died on that old rugged cross for us and saved our souls, I tell you, it it amazes me. The love of God and the grace of God. Uh, When you stand in the presence, in His presence of that love and that grace, it it ought to amaze you. I still don't understand it. But I sure do believe it. And I sure do enjoy it. I enjoy being able to say that God is my Father. Not because of anything that I have done, but because of everything that He has done. And then, it's a permanent relationship. When He adopted us, He didn't do it for just a little while. He did it for an eternity. In John ten twenty seven and 28, He said, My sheep. Hear my voice, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. You say, well, you can take yourself out. Well, are you a man? (laughs) He said, any man, anybody, nobody can take you out of my hand. You say, well, now, Brother Howard, what if you do so and so and so and so and so and so? It ain't about what you've done. It's about what He did on Calvary's cross and that old cemetery out there. He came up from it. And it's about what He did for you dying, taking your place on the cross. Now I'm not telling you that you can just go on out and keep on living the same way you used to. I'm telling you if you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, it changes your want to. Takes care of your want to. A lot of people, you know, they say they're saved and then they like the old hog, they'll go back out to the first time they come to a mud hole, they'll start wallowing in it. Because the hog wasn't changed, you know. He was just washed and perfumed and put a little ribbon in his hair around his neck. But they didn't change the nature of the hog. And so when he comes to the mud hole, he gets right back in that mud hole. Now I'm not talking about that. I'm not even talking about one who's saved that slips up. There's forgiveness if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us for our sins and to cleanse us from all eternity. So it's, it's a, a permanent relationship. I can call God my Father now, and when I stand in His presence one day, He's still my Father. Amen. Oh. Amen. All because of what He did. I'm not, I'm not dependent on old Howard for my salvation. I'm, de- I'm dependent on Jesus Christ for my salvation. And I believe he did enough. I believe when he said, It is finished! That it was finished. Amen. You can depend on him. It's a permanent relationship. But in these few verses, we see God's responsibilities. Just as an earthly father has responsibility, God has taken on Himself certain responsibilities to His children. And one of the things that He says in... uh, Let me find the verse. Verse... uh, 30, I think it is. Yes, it says, All these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that you have needs of these things. His responsibility is to know what my needs are. And to know what your needs are now, as earthly parents, we don't always know what our children need. Sometimes we're just baffled. We don't know what they need. Most of the time, they need a good whooping. I thought everybody smiled except the young people. (laughs) Even Kevin smiled. (laughs) He was on the receiving end of a few of those. And I was too when I was growing up. But, But God knows what our needs are. That's, that's a part of the responsibilities of a father. God has taken on the responsibility to supply those needs of his children. And he does a whole lot better job than we do as earthly fathers. Sometimes we supply their wants. You know, whatever they want. Just give it to them so that, so that we won't be bothered with them no more. God don't do that. He, he hasn't promised to supply all of your wants. He has promised to supply all of your needs according to His riches in glory. So He has responsibility. And then He has responsibility of, of awareness now, as I said, we're not always aware uh, that our children need certain things. And uh, even though we're a needy people and have many needs, God the Father is aware of every single one of them even before you get aware of it. He knows what you need. He ain't worried about what you want. If, if if God were to give me everything that my eyes see out there that I want, I wouldn't have room to park the things. <laughs> I wouldn't have anywhere to put them. But He don't do that. The things that I need, He supplies. All of my need, He supplies. When He says all of these things shall be added unto you, he has the ability to back it up. You know, if, if, if your child says, I need so and so, you may not have the ability to supply that. You may tell him, I'll supply all of your needs, but when it gets down to it, you may not have that ability, but God is not limited. He is an unlimited God. Whatever your needs are, He's going to supply it. This is the God that spoke the world into existence. Can He not supply your need? What are you going through today? This is the God that rode with Noah on the ark and kept him safe during that whole flood. This is the God that fed 5,000 with two fish and and, uh, five little biscuits. This is the God that healed the lepers. This is the God that went in the lion's den with old Daniel and closed their mouth and protected Daniel all night long from the hungry lions. This is the same God that went into the burning fiery furnace with the three Hebrew children and quenched the fire and they were not burned. This is the same God that opened blind eyes and unstopped deaf ears. And heal the lame, and you don't think he can take care of you. You don't think whatever your need are, whatever is bothering you today, you don't think that God can take care of it. That's the way we act a lot of times, isn't it? We worry. Yeah, we worry about things. But listen to what he says here. Uh, Verse thirty-two, he said, Fear not. Fear not. Don't don't let your problems work you up to to where you fear, where you cringe where you worry about it. Now, it's, it's a natural thing. I mean, you know, sometimes you've got to have sense enough to worry about certain things. Especially if you're lost and don't know this, God, you ought to, you ought to worry about it. But better yet, quit worrying and start trusting. Come to the Lord. But they, He said, uh, fear not. He said, your father knows that you have need of these things. Whatever it is you need, your father already knows about it. They told me to call back in a week. And they said, we'll tell you what the results of those bi- that biopsy is. And I will. I'll call them back. But I ain't worried about it. I'm not fearing about it. Because you know what? I cannot die until God says, alright, your ministry is over. Come on home. And you think I'm worrying about that? You know, we, you know, we used to a few years ago, we haven't been in a while, but we used to uh, go on those gospel cruises uh, where they had about 20 or 30 gospel quartets. And about five or six real fireball uh, hell and brimstone preachers <laughs> that were on there and you'd, you'd go out there and and man you'd come home, you feel like you'd been in a revival all week. And the closer we would get to that cruise time, I would start getting anxious. I would say, man, I'm ready to go. And then that day when you finally get boarded on that ship, get in your room, and you hear a quartet out there singing, you know, it, it blessed my heart. I wasn't worried about getting on that ship. And when God says, in my Father's house are many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you I'm going to prepare a place for you and I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Now, I'd rather go through the avenue of the rapture. But, but if, if God says, all right, how are your ministry is over. Come on home. I ain't worried about it. I'm going on a cruise, brother. I mean, I'm going on a cruise like I ain't never been on before. I'm going where streets are gold and gates are pearl and walls of jasper. But more than that, I'm going where my Savior is. Where he is will be also. Why wouldn't we worry about that? It's all right to be concerned about those you're going to leave behind. I know some of you do that. That's fine. You know, we all do. But I ain't worried (laughs) about my trip to heaven. I'm not I'm not worried about what it's gonna be like when I see Jesus. Uh, somebody wrote a song and said you know, whatever we're going through, it will be worth it all when we see him. Amen. Woo. He's gonna supply us all of our needs. And he knows what those needs are. And then verse 32 says, It's God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He's made Himself available to us day or night. Uh, there are times when earthly parents are not available. You know, we're human, we make mistakes. And to you young people, you didn't come with any instructions. We had to learn by trial and error. We don't always know what you need. And sometimes we're busy. We don't have time sometimes to stop and be there for you. We have to work. You eat too much. You wear your shoes out too quick. And your clothes, you just outgrow them. You see people in Walmart all the time that's outgrown their clothes. (laughs) But it is sad. I, I heard the story of a preacher's daughter that had run away from home. They Didn't know where she was. And after several months, she called. Told him that she was at a bus station. She said, there's a man that dropped me off. She said, I'm pregnant with that man's child. The man was older than her daddy. She said, I'm pregnant with him. He told me he couldn't support me. And he couldn't be a daddy to my child. So she said, I want to come home. So they had to send her money to come home on a bus. And they were sitting there talking. And he said, honey, if you'd have just told me that you were having problems. She said, daddy, I tried to tell you. But you were always busy. The man broke down and began to weep. Sometimes that happens. But I want you to know our Heavenly Father is never too busy to hear from You. He's never too busy. He's always just a prayer away. He don't close. He don't take vacations. He hasn't retired. Boy, wouldn't that be something. Everybody looks forward to retirement. Aren't you glad that God is eternal? And He never retires. And you and I are eternal too. Not down here, but we will be eventually. So we we ought always to have time for our children. But humanly speaking, it's not possible. But we're not talking about human possibility. I said talking with you about the greatest Father that ever lived, or that ever was, or ever will be. That's God the Father, and He's always there. But while we can count on God doing His part, this verse tells us that we have a role too. He said rather seek ye the kingdom of God. Matthew put it this way. He said in Matthew six thirty three, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So you have a role in this, I have a role in this. Put God first in your life. Mom and dad, teach your children to put God first. That's the most important thing about your life is God, your relationship with Him, your service uh, for Him. Put Him first. Seek He first. Quit letting the world crowd God out of your life. The Bible tells us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I've used this illustration many times about the difference of being filled with the Holy Spirit and being indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And I've used this illustration, so I'll use it again. You probably don't remember because it didn't make that much of an impression on you. But if I invite Chris to come to my home for, for dinner today and uh, he walks into my house, he is indwelling my house. And I take his hat and I open the closet door and throw it in there and I get looking at him and saying, boy, I can't afford to feed him, so I just push him in the closet also <laughs> and lock him in there. I don't give Him access to my table, to my refrigerator, to my kitchen, to my dining table. Now, He's still indwelling my house. He's just in the closet. And I'm telling you that so many of God's children put the Holy Spirit in the closet. He indwells them, but He don't fill them when He's fill, filling you, you let Him out of the closet and give Him access to your whole life. Let Him clean up your life. where in the areas that it needs to be cleaned up. Let Him guide you. Let Him tell you what to do. A lot of people, you know, you just naturally reject that idea. Somebody telling me what to do. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Well, He ain't just anybody. That's God, the Holy Spirit, telling you what to do. Wanting to lead you. Wanting to give you abundant life. So we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Leading you, directing you. Directing your pathway. Directing everything that you say and do. He said, don't be doubtful-minded, don't fear, but seek first. And to that word seek, it means to crave something. Every, everybody craves something. In the, in the food line, it might be or pudding. But in material things, boy, that, that opens up a big field. We we crave a lot of things out there. And some of them we have no business craving. But we crave those things. And uh, we ought to crave the things of God more than anything else in the world. And that's what that word seek means. Seek ye first the kingdom of God in your priorities. Put God first. Put His Word first. Put Holy Living first. Put the church first. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and any other time that the church doors are open, seek ye first Amen. the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then all these things will be added unto you. When your desires are misplaced, we miss out on God's best for our lives. You want God's best? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. i got to hush. But... uh, (laughs) Let me tell you something: He's the best father that you could ever have. I don't care how good an earthly father that you have. He's not, he's not perfect. He's subject to faults. He's subject to failures. But God don't have all those things. He's the best Father you could have. And you can have Him as your Father if you know His Son as your Savior. And if you don't, if you're here this morning and you're not saved, let me tell you, you can be. There are no limitations. Whosoever will may come. And whosoever comes, He says, I will not cast out. You just come to Him. You depend on Him. What He did for you. And He'll save you. If you're saved already, why not bow before Him and tell Him just how you feel about Him? You tell your daddy, your earthly daddy, how much you love Him and how much you appreciate Him. And I'm telling you, you will make His day. I mean, it just does something to us. You know, when you hear that, you look and you think, boy, you know, I failed, but my time wasn't wasted. But you know what? If you just bow and say, God, I love You, I thank you for saving a wretch like me. I thank you for what you've done for me. You know what? I have a hunch that God would appreciate that. Will you do it as we stand and sing the invitation hymn? Do you have any other reason this morning for coming to the Lord or coming to this altar we invite you to come as we stand and sing our closing hymn.
1: today Jesus is waiting oh come to him now waiting today waiting today come with thy sins at the feet lowly bound come and know longer delay calling today calling today Jesus is calling his tenderly calling